This is a Hot Pie Original. Uh, welcome to the Gray Area Podcast with me, Chad Fisher. No more, no more. Yo, yo, it's Aaron Cheatham. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Gray Area Podcast with me, Chad Fisher, along with my co-host, Mr. Aaron Cheatham. Aaron, how are you doing, brother? Yeah, baby. I like it like that. <laughs> we coming to y'all live from the illustrious Hot Pie Studios right here in the ATX. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Chad, we What's ain't come up? solo. Yeah, we got a guest, man. We got our first in-studio guest. Yeah. Uh, I would like to introduce this guy, but to be perfectly honest with you, I would do it no justice. So I'm going to let him introduce himself because he's far greater at this than I am. Everybody, our guest for this week's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats, birds and squirrels, your guest today is none other than the modified Marvel from the dark heart of Austin, Texas, a man with more ink in his skin than blood in his veins. Please put your hands together, raise your voices, and welcome the Lizard Man. The Lizard Man is in Jebildang. <laughs> How are you doing, brother? I'm pretty good. I forgot one of my credits. Also, the man who introduces himself. Yes. That's that's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> that should be the top line of your resume. Right. The man yeah, that introduces <laughs> himself. Yeah. And for all guests to come after you, be prepared to introduce yourself like that. That's right. Like, that's a thing. You're going to have to do this yourself. Pop quiz. Set come the prepared. bar high, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to top that. Great to have you here, brother. We got Great a lot to, to get here, into. Um Let's start off with our shout out. Let's get into this show. Let's run it. Thank you guys again for joining us right here at the Gray Area Podcast, Hot Pie Media. Uh, Chad, do you have any shout outs this week? Uh, yeah, man. So uh, I've read this funny ass story, man, that uh, there was my shout out of the week is to five African parrots in the UK that had to be taken out of a uh, zoo because they all started like cussing at fucking at people. I heard That's about that. This shit was hilarious. Supposedly they had to quarantine them all and they got them all like, there were some that weren't initially like, cussing birds and shit but once they like you know got around these other birds and shit they just started going crazy and now they're just like cussing at like the zookeepers and shit calling them a fat tit or whatever the hell so they created like <laughs> a <laughs> colony of cussing yeah, birds yeah dude and so they can't be around because yeah. like kids come through there you know you can't have it like a bird saying like hey you little you know bitch. jackass bitch or some shit the kids gonna like start crying who, who do you think taught them that shit? i know that's what i want to know there's somebody just sitting there feeding them crackers like say bitch say bitch <laughs> that, that was that was kids i'm telling yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. that whole kid thing I just, whenever I hear that you can't swear around kids, you can't swear around kids. The only time I've ever been on stage with a bunch of people calling me a motherfucker and an asshole Damn. was a bunch of kids. It was literally 10 and 11 year olds that were dropped yeah, off in this haunted house I was working at. People in the area used it like a daycare, like drop your kids off there for six hours. Yeah, because that's they, like normal and shit. Right. And they come around the stages and I was like, I thought I was foul mouthed when I let it go. Jeez. I got nothing on this, kids. I That's mean, all you got to do is just get online on any gaming platform. Right. Play online for about 30 minutes and you'll hear a little kid call you names that you never thought that a grown ass man you be called. You know, like, like I've never wanted to hit a child <laughs> with a knee harder than when I'm playing like Grand Theft Auto online. Mm -hmm. It's like. I, I didn't know that I felt violent feelings 
torch children <laughs> until the first time somebody called me a punk ass bitch and it was just like yo i'm just trying to play a yeah, game that's yo f- fucked up you hear it like in a look like a really high voice you're like yo punk ass bitch yeah like, exactly f- obviously like, like seven man. years old yeah, yeah. Beat your ass. especially when you can hear mom in the background dinner's ready or lunch is ready come yeah. get yeah. i cut the crust off to yeah, you little <laughs> like, brat motherfucker i got hey called. tell your mom i'll be over in about 15 <laughs> yeah yeah I got called a baby faggot playing Mortal Kombat Jesus 11. Christ, yeah. God damn. And my wife almost died laughing. Dude, yeah. She got struck like that's a thunderbolt. She's like, what the fuck did he Dude, just say? Yeah, like I can't play online with my children in the room. Right. Like, yeah. you know, you got to have headphones on for that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so your shout out is the cousin yeah, birds. Yeah, dude, this is hilarious, man. Who just um, like, uh, uh, like ruins zookeeper's day you know what i'm saying it's just alert they say it ruins their <laughs> some day dude, but there's some dudes just got like a really low self-esteem and now like the parrots are piling on him he's just like what the fuck dude everywhere i go i'm just being he's treated like, like shit goddamn lockdown got me <laughs> yeah. in my house i ain't seen nobody yeah. in weeks i ain't had a beer in months they gotta yeah. come to work put yeah. a snot in those kids and this fucking parrot yeah, keeps calling here. me pussy tits <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah dude it's like what the fuck? <laughs> poor guy jesus you know what I'm going to end it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to burn this zoo that's down. Like, I'm burning the zoo down. Yeah. Uh, man, I had a lot of options for shout outs. And I think like just off of the past month, I can probably spread out shout outs for like the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with a story I told you. Um, and this is my shout out for multiple different reasons. Uh, I had the, the fortune, I guess, of I got booked to do a private gig. Uh, down in New Braunfels at like a campsite. And I didn't know anything about this campsite or what the show or anything like that. Um, but I find out like day of, this is where it's at, blah, blah, blah. I get there and there's uh, like 70, 80 tents out there, right? And then I look around and it's like nothing but black folks. And immediately I'm thinking, like, I, I didn't Black know. folks don't camp. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> are we camping? Like, when did this When happen? did we start? Where is this sect of people in Texas, the black people that's just camping all the time? Right? Yeah, exactly. So these are like black folks from all over the state. So they're so, like, were they like hula hooping and shit too? So when I, check it out. <laughs> right, so, was it like, when you think of camping, was it that type of camping? Yeah. Was it like a mini burning yeah, man going yeah. on or something? <laughs> you know, because if you would have told me there was a lot of black people camping in the woods off of a river, that I, I would immediately think, okay, there's got to be at least 100 RVs or some hotels or something. <laughs> no, they were actually in tents and shit. Uh, and I, I, I'm surprised that your background story that you immediately built for that is so much more positive. Mind you're like, oh, there must be RVs if they're not. I'm thinking, what the fuck went wrong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, something well, has gone really, really wrong. Like, as soon as I get out the car, e like, there's like seven plumes of smoke because they got barbecues going all around this thing <laughs> naturally, right? <laughs> like, I get out the car, it smells like meat and weed. I was yeah. like, okay, so this is clearly a black <laughs> camp. Like, a so, like some selling things, plates some, and shit. Some cliches you lean into for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was just like, I didn't know that this existed, but shout out to these black folks for um, right. taking a step out there and trying something new, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, or maybe it's not new for them, but for me, I grew up in Mississippi and right. you ain't catching me outside, not with moccasins and the Klan. Like, I'm not going to be sleeping outside yeah. like I at all wonder i mean I'm, I'm sure there's because there's always a different white black like on on the whole but i wonder if it's uh more geographic because i grew up upstate new york and it partially being because my dad was in the military too but we camped a lot and i can tell you that there was i have no recollection of ever seeing a black family we don't do woods. Yeah. right but up north like we camp but even my cousins my white cousins in the south in the carolinas they didn't go camping 
That wasn't a thing they did either. Because so bears like, exist. Whether they right. exist in our state or not, <laughs> bears exist. And brothers ain't out there right. with the well, bears. That's, that's like, what I'm feeling. Like maybe it's a, it could be like a north-south divide too. Like, not even. You know? No, we don't we don't camp in the south either. <laughs> no, we don't camp. So yeah. like just the fact that you've got this going on. And, it's just whole, and it turns out that this is like a whole weekend thing they do twice a year. Uh, it's called partying camp. And they get a bunch of black folks Sounds like a good to formula. go out to the woods. And it's basically like the Kappa Beach Party or Freak Neck in the woods. And these are all like everybody there was 35 and up. There weren't no young kids. So this is like a bunch of older black folks who got a little bit of expendable income that Mm -hmm. decided they wanted to come get freaky in the woods. Uh, I get out the car. I see the the. the, I'm on board with all this so far. Yeah, yeah, so far it's dope, right? And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to hate on this, right? They got a stage in the middle of the campsite. And there's a chick on the stage teaching them like this year's hustle, like the, the, two, the 2020 hustle. Right. Do, 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 do. They're doing so like she's teaching them the dance and then they play the song and then everybody out there is doing the dance on the little uh, air quote dance floor. And I was like, oh, this is just a family reunion. <laughs> That's what right. yeah. in the woods. Yeah, they didn't want to book a pavilion and shit. So they're yeah, like, so you know what? Like, let's just take this shit to the woods. Fuck yeah. it. Just they can't charge us for that shit. Fuck and I'm, I'm pretty sure most of them kept the receipts for the tents. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, going back. Like, yeah, it wasn't big enough, you know, sorry. Yeah. That's a, a real thing with uh, street performers in England that I learned when I first went over there. The keep receipts? It, well, keeping a receipt for a tent. Because playing the the first time I went over and played Glastonbury, I was like, oh. How, how Where's Glastonbury? It's in the middle of a bunch of farmland in, in England. Okay. And they, they turn it into one of the largest festivals. 130,000 people oh, wow. are there at any given time. Like, yeah. it becomes a city that just gets put up. And it lasts, uh, I think it's a little bit over a week that I was there. But so it's a camping festival, right? When you go there, you basically become a resident of the festival for a week. And you live out there. And they have artist camping, which is a little nicer. But I was like, I don't, how am I going to bring a tent and all this shit on an airplane over there just to do this gig? And luckily, I had some friends with it. Like, oh, I can loan you this or that. But when I get over there, somebody's like, oh, if you really need to, just you know, buy a tent, keep the receipt, and bring it back. And there's this running joke is that like, as soon as the festival's over, all of a sudden there's a million used tents come back into <laughs> yeah. the, like there's long lines of people bringing back their tents. <laughs> everybody does it, especially street performers who are like, well, Hey, that's another, you know, 50 bucks, hundred bucks, whatever yeah. that I could be keeping in my yeah. pocket. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I didn't realize that they had a return policy like that in England. I well, thought that was just home Depot. It, it, it depends on, on where you are, but that's what I mean. Like I, I've actually, when I got there, that was actually a joke. It's like, yeah, there's going to be a long line to return tents that's on hilarious. Tuesday morning. Wow. <laughs> so uh, all in all, the event was, was dope. I'm not going to go on a, a lot of details on, on the show because there was some hilariousness there. Um, but shout out to the people at party and camp for uh, putting on an event twice a year, trying to get people that don't normally do something like that. Uh, to to do something like that. I think they started maybe six or seven years ago and it was like a very small thing. And then, like I said, there's like 200 black folks in the middle of the woods and they're still looking to grow and whatnot. So, I mean, like, and then when I got back, I was telling everybody, like, you know, the, the uh, seven other black folks in Austin, I was telling them about it and they were like, I've never heard of such a thing, right? So it was like, you know, like this is something that's growing and it grows word of mouth and stuff. Uh, so shout out to them for doing something that's like really out of the norm, a little different. Um, and 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 kind of changing changing the uh the perspective of what we can do. I'm not tent, I'm not getting a tent. Um <laughs> I'll be more than happy to go perform out there again and again. Um right. shout out to MC Lotto. She was the host for the comedy show. She fucking killed it. She was like a female Martin Lawrence, and that was a Def Jam crowd all the way. And she murdered that shit. And I was like, nice. okay. Um, but yeah, shout out to them. That was it was a dope event. Everything all the pictures I saw, the videos I saw looked like it was a lot of fun. Uh, I would have never known, would have never thought that 
There'd be a bunch of tents and bunch of black folks in the woods, but apparently we do that now. <laughs> we just we are diversifying our portfolio, goddammit. Next thing you know, we're gonna be climbing Everest. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, both. It's just like, hey, fucking white people have been keeping this for themselves all this time. This is actually fun. This is like camping can well, be a great there, time. There's a caveat here. Like right? I said, they were they were on the river. And right. like so they were in the river, and you would think maybe, oh, they were floating the river. Like, we're not there yet. Okay, right. so they were all they were all tethered off to the shore <laughs> and nobody went higher than like knee height in the right. water. But they was in the water. Okay. Right. Like we're not we're not really, you know, white water rapid ready yet, but <laughs> you know, we'll tie off and drink some Hennessy right there. On well the that's shore. I mean, you can say that's when you let the white people go ahead. I say that's when you let the hillbillies go ahead. Like I I might go a little bit in the deeper water, but when it turns into rapids, I'm like, no, that's for the stupid people. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> all, all the kickers were floating down the river. <laughs> right. We were playing dominoes on the shore. Like that's what we did. I saw some people rolling dice right. and some leaves. Right. <laughs> this is the longest shout out ever, man. You're like thinking the parking attendant and shit. There was no parking attendant. <laughs> it's like the pit master. <laughs> The parking attendant. I mean, nature um, was fantastic. Yeah. I want to thank those two owls, those, on those the way owls in. that were <laughs> fucking out there, all that shit. That squirrel that was running by. Dick really Sporting Goods for me. the sale on tents. I mean, it was just a whole seventy nine ninety nine. It was a group effort that made this shit awesome. And you know what? And 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 it was teamwork they were, makes the dream. The work. effort was worthy of the shout out. <laughs> okay, how's your week been? It's good, man. I uh, got a new baby, you know, of course, and so sleep is up and down and everything. Some days you're like, all right, man, I got it. Like we were like in a groove and shit. And then you got like two or three days where you just like don't sleep hardly at all and shit. So it's up and down, man. Um, it's like um, it's it feels like you're on like a, like a micro dose of acid pretty much all the time because you're just like del- deliriously tired and shit, you know. So you're just like, dog, did I just <laughs> Is something flying by my fucking head? It's like, no, it's just, you know, ski- sleep escape escaping my eyes. See, that's so. that's why you put the babies in the closet. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Uh, I got I got two. That's what you do. They start making noise. Just put them in the closet, put a blanket over them. Yeah. It's like good. it's just like the parents. If you put yeah. a blanket over the cage, yeah. they they just shut up. Yeah. Just yeah, put a blanket yeah. over the bassinet and they have no idea. They're they're just quiet. You're like, <laughs> I forgot you were there. Yeah, they're gonna be quiet for a while, too. <laughs> <laughs> um we want to introduce uh something to y'all. It's called our hollaback. Uh you ready for this, Chad? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So the 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 premise for this, and E, I'll let you know, yep. is uh like I realized that there's a lot of like I I had beef with millennials, <laughs> only to realize that it wasn't the millennials that were the problem. It's the group after the millennials that's the problem. I I was at, at my job and I had asked somebody about the thong song. I was talking about the thong song, mm-hmm. and this guy didn't know what I was talking about, <laughs> and he was like, he's like, dude, I'm like 22. Like I was like. And so then I took a poll and I went around asking people in his age group if they had heard right. of the thong song. And I asked seven straight people between the ages of 18 and 25. And they had no idea what I was talking about. Just zero yeah. culture. Just and zero. I'm like, how do you not know the thong song? It was like the biggest song right. granted 20 years ago now, 2000. <clears throat> but like when we came up, yeah. we knew the stuff that came before us, mm-hmm. you know, right. the, the stuff that was really near, uh, past and also like we're listening to freaking uh uh louis armstrong mm-hmm. and you know well it's because the, yeah. the catalog was much smaller in the 70s and 80s so playing old stuff wasn't going back that far when you're talking about 20 like years pop yeah. radio stuff 15 like, years really, stuff like yeah. that yeah you had radio station that only played it back and yeah i heard big band stuff and things like it 
But you now have. But I also and, knew Earth, Wind, and Fire, right. which was like five yeah. years before I was you, born. You you had and and there was that filter. Like the industry acted. You know, we can say a lot of bad things about the industry, but it, at some points the filter worked well, right? You had to really have something to make it worth somebody's time to make a physical album with your music on it. Right. Yeah. Nobody was taking that risk without some real assurances, having seen you done do a lot. So there was that filter we had. Like I said, there was less material. We were recycling or. Now, and, and there's the dominance of radio, right? Mm -hmm. Even into the 90s, radio was just a major, I remember doing morning radio in the early 2000s and it just driving shows and people's perceptions. Like there was a control over what they got and was there. Now there's not that. Now there's yeah. a million different ways to get a quadrillion different pieces of content that are out there. So the idea that somebody's going to search too far back, I mean, I, I get it. They're like, I can't keep up with today's releases. Yeah. I'm going to have five time to go well, back Well, listen, through. today's yeah. releases are trash. Well, that's, so, and that's the argument, right? Is you're like, well, you got to go, you got to find somebody that can show you the good and the bad. And that's what we are here for. We would like to help you guys find the good and the bad. The guys, all y'all right behind the millennials. <laughs> We're going to, we're going to, is that what they're called? Yeah. And that's, I, I, I like the fact that you realize that you did, because I've always thought that millennials have the worst PR in the fucking history of generations. Yeah. Everybody blames them for shit that is actually their Oh, dude, that's, it's like, yeah. but that's like, that's like every generation. Well, yeah, it, shit, it, it, it goes, right? You get shit yeah. on, everybody knows the progression it's of how your generation kids. gets, comes yeah. to ascendancy yeah. and then gets shit on yeah. by being young and old. And but for it's us, so funny we, to me. We just say they're all millennials, but it's not all millennials. Yeah. There's a cutoff and there's but, a next generation. That's, that's what's hilarious because I hear people screaming, millennials, millennials. I'm like, you know, millennials are in their thirties, right? Yeah. Like, and they're like, no, I'm talking about those damn kids. I'm like, okay, you know who you're angry at. You're just not using the right description. Right. Yeah. So we want to help them find the culture they need, right? right? So we're going to tell you guys or give you guys some ideas of things that you should go back, look at that's dope. You should be uh, angry at the millennials for not teaching their kids this shit. That's and, where you and, get angry and at them Generation for. X. Like, <laughs> I mean, because these kids are like in their 20s now. So uh, it's, it's Gen X, I got a vasectomy. I'm out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our first, our first holla back, the first person you guys need to go back and look at and get familiar with, get some culture in your life, Go find some Nelly, goddammit. They're going to take just 90 seconds here, and Chad and I are going to, and Eric, feel yep. free to chime in. Nelly was hot back in the day. He was. Nelly dude. ruled the world in the late 90s, <laughs> man. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, if you were in a club in the late 90s, early 2000s, and they weren't playing Nelly, you weren't really at a club. Yeah. You're like, if you're in your 30s, you've had sex to Nelly at least like 12 <laughs> times. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully. Or you've like gotten yeah, some yeah. tang. You've like, you know, grinded on some booty you at least 12 times. Something good Nelly. happened yeah, to yeah. one of his songs. Nelly was the prelude to the nasty. Yeah. Like, definitely. I can yeah. I can think of at least 100 college nights that Nelly, Nelly took a party from eh to aw shit. Yeah, yeah dog. I'm taking some 1999, I'm on yeah. a metal tour. And in between bands, you know, just the house music, stuff like that. They play Nelly, metal crowds. Yeah. Still into it. Yeah. That's, Across that's the how, board. That's I how mean, big he was. His yeah. first album, he had uh, Country Grammar and EI, which I don't know why people sleep on EI nowadays. Like yeah. they talk about Country Grammar, but EI was the shit. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Come Ride With Me, which wasn't really my jam, but still, it got but, a lot of popularity. Yeah. I've tickled Air me. Force Ones. He changed. The I'm wearing Air Force Ones right now. Yeah. And back in 99, you could buy a pair of Air Force Ones for like 75 bucks. In 2000, he dropped a song, Air Force Ones. And the price of this shoe yeah, went up yeah, by yeah. like 50 Bang. bucks. And yeah. it completely rejuvenated the market. Like he did yeah. more for Air Force Ones than anybody else has done for shoes besides Jordan. Yeah. Like, y'all, Nelly. Look up Nelly. Yeah, go get dude. a grill. He made a song called Grills. And the next thing you know, half the country's got foil in their mouth. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I used to do that shit. Did you? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, no, dog. Yeah, you should listen. I've tickled many a butt to some Nelly. Yeah. You know? So, 
Yeah, for sure. And then, and then, and then if you're a little softer, you t- um, you like slower stuff. It. He's got the joint with uh, Kelly Rowland, the Tim Lilla. McGraw. That's Tim McGraw. Uh, no matter what I do, all I think about yeah. is you. That was everywhere. Yeah. Trust me, your parents boned to yeah. Nelly, or they had a post Nelly boning, and yeah. you can also make babies to Nelly. Go they, check them out. Or they broke up because one of them heard Nelly on the dance floor and, and started getting their butt tickled. I saw you shaking your ass. <laughs> I saw you tickling, getting your butt tickled. You stayed out there for two Nelly songs, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Who was you dancing with? Yeah. Who was you dancing with? Yeah. So check that out, y'all. Yeah. Holla back. Nelly. Get up on some Nelly, man. Trust me. You, you will do yourself a favor. Get some culture. Drop down and get your eagle on. You ready to play our game? Yeah, let's do it, brother. All right. We got a game. Game time. Game time. Game time. We're flying game through time. this. Uh, this game is uh, Fuck, Mary Kill. Fuck, Mary are we Kill. All fi- are we all familiar with Fuck, yeah, Mary Kill? Yeah. Uh, I believe I've heard of this. Okay. So the way it works generally is you give somebody three choices, uh, and they pick which person they would like to F, marry, or kill. Uh, but that's far. All of a sudden, love, we, went, we yeah. went PG-13. I know. What the like hell? You're just like, <laughs> they, this is going to be the marketing aspect of the show. You're just like, uh, we just got to, you know. Yeah, you got to give them the, you gotta give them the promo clip. So many times. You got to <laughs> give them the promo that's, clip. How many people would you F, marry, yeah. or kill? F, marry, or kill. Uh, instead of people, though, I'm going to give you guys objects. And you're going to tell me which one you were going to use in the process of effing, marrying, or killing. Okay. See, when you say F, Mary, kill, I don't, yeah. believe, okay. I don't believe you have the guts which to do one any one gonna, of those yeah. three things. Oh, fine. Which one of these are you going to use to fuck, <laughs> marry, or kill? All right? <laughs> it seems like you're trying to get like a weird kink out or something like that. It's not a weird... You know like, what? We're going with our guest he's first. He's like, uh, pineapple, um, warm cherry fucking pie, uh, all these like fucking... That's all food all stuff. All these that's movie a, that's, references. But yeah. Hey, there's nothing wrong with movie references. No, nothing sir. wrong at all, no. All right. You're our guest, Eric. I did the pineapple for Hitler and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you go first. And uh, right. on the line here, since we do have a guest, the winner will win a pack of candy. <laughs> pack of candy. Pack of candy right. on the line. Right. I couldn't get a trophy. <laughs> pack of candy. Hey, something. This yeah. is competition, God damn it. All the, all the, all the budget went it's into like the half, studio. It's like right? half Seriously. open. All the budget went into the studio. You see this TV? You see this TV? Yeah. It's not a sign. It's a TV. It's not half open. It's been sealed back up. Fuck, Mary kill. Lizard man, are you ready? I am ready. All right. Here are your three objects. Three objects. Lasagna. Lasagna. Shut up, Chad. Lasagna. Kittens. Kittens. Hot air balloon. Hot air balloon. Fuck, Mary, kill. Fuck, Mary, kill. Lasagna, right. kittens, hot air balloon. All right. Um, we're going to kill the hot air balloon. I'm going to fuck, goes to the lasagna, and marry the kittens. Yeah. How, do you, how are you going to use the hot air balloon to kill something? Throw it um, off. Um, they've got those big sandbags up there. I mean, they were used in by the French in uh, in an early war. They were used for spotting and for tossing uh, early grenades. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I can. You know, if not that, I'll just crash the fucker into somebody. <laughs> Kamikaze style. Kamikaze. Style. All right. So you're fucking. You're fucking the lasagna. <laughs> You're right. going to marry kittens. I'll, I'll, I'll marry the kittens. They well, seem you, like they're good for companionship long you're term. You're a ferret right? guy, though. Yeah, I am a ferret guy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not too far off. Yeah, it's a, a ferret's like a kitten that never grows up, really. Really? They, yeah, they, they stay hyper and small, as oh. opposed to cats that get big and turn into assholes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Chad, we go to you now. Yeah. You're three for fuck, marry, kill. A megaphone? Knee pads? Eggnog? <laughs> Dude, I agreed to this game. I said this was a good that, that idea. sounds like fuck just all put together in three. Yeah, it's like three things for fuck. 
You're trying to get me to fuck like inanimate objects and shit. It's kind of no, weird. No, but it's not for you to actually fuck. You use this in like in, to in, fuck someone or yeah, yeah in or, the or process. insects. Like right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like you're not gonna put your dick in eggnog. Yeah. Okay, this is an American Pie four. But you know you can. <laughs> well, everything you, else is I, realistic. I, 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 think, I mean, I everything else is totally realistic. I think realistic. you're a little overconfident about him not putting his dick in eggnog. I just think <laughs> you're slightly overconfident <laughs> about that. I, I don't. I think it's, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> What what's up, what are they again? Ma- a megaphone? Only mashed potatoes and that's knee pads. It. Just... Ignore, dude. I don't know. This is a tough game, dude. Wait, you're a very smart guy. I know that you dude, have the, I don't brain, know. the brain capacity to 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 think of ways to use these objects for those three things. What am I like, Jeffrey Dahmer and shit like that? And <laughs> yes, I just like know how to, a little bit. I'm a like, yeah, bit. oh, a knee, oh, I can kill someone with a knee pad. That's easy. Well, you know, this this whole thing is just a government program like, to, get you, to, get you, to get you to admit yeah. to the crime in advance. Yeah. So yes. Later on, when you fuck, yeah. marry, or kill someone, they're going to go back to your file and be like, aha. Uh, yes. Do. He said he was going to put arsenic the, into eggnog yeah. and kill people. He said he was going to poison his wife with the eggnog after he you married don't even her have because arsenic, she wore the You can't kill anyone with any of these objects. Yeah, you can say, I'm going to use eggnog, put some poison in it. Done. Well, that's adding that's adding another object. That's all not, right. You can drown them in the eggnog. That's then. like saying you're like I'm gonna take a I'm gonna splash them with eggnog and then stab them with a knife or some shit. I feel like, like I, dude, I, can't I, do that. I feel like you know I don't know you very well, but I feel yeah. like you must be a really nice guy because you're not thinking of all the very obvious violent things that I am that can be no. done to these objects. <laughs> no. I'm over here going poison the eggnog. Okay, drown them in that shit. <laughs> Beat them over the head with a fucking bottle. Why can't you kill someone with eggnog? God damn it. <laughs> yeah, what he said, dude. There, that's what I'm gonna do. All those things. Mary I'm, kill. <laughs> Dude, you can't you can't marry an inanimate job, inanimate so, object. So uh, you're not marrying objects. So you take a megaphone and uh, will you marry me? Hey, I'm using yeah. a megaphone to propose to okay, somebody. There we go. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna use the knee pads to you know fucking get down on the knee and ask somebody to to get married. Yeah. Like you know. Okay, that's why. There you go, man. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, he's crowdsourced his answer. Yeah, yeah, us, yeah, yeah. We got we got one more round with you guys. One more. All right, All right here we go, Eric. Yeah. Fuck Mary Kill. Got Marijuana. It. Marijuana. Ooh. Hairbrush. Hairbrush. Baseball bat. Baseball bat. Mm. He's like gun. Um Well, yeah, this is, yeah. I'm like, I kill Pamela some- Anderson and yeah. um fucking definitely kill somebody with all of them, but yeah. I think I, I'm gonna take the obvious route. You gotta go uh, Harley Quinn style, kill with a baseball bat. Boom. All right, the hairbrush, I'm going to go for Mary because I'm going to give it it's a very nice hairbrush. I'll give it to a woman. She'll want to marry me. It's a lovely present. It'll or kick off the relationship. And then, shit, what was my last one? for Marijuana? Oh, and marijuana. I'm going to get high and fuck my new wife till my balls fall off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with the straight up Rick James. Mary Jane. That's right. Okay. If you're doing shit not high, you're wasting effort. You you're a big you're a big <laughs> advocate on getting high and exercising. Absolutely. Oh hell yeah. Dude. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah you're you like way more in tune high. with your body and shit. Yeah. yeah. And it just and like and the earliest thing for me was I would work it in the between I still do this, like, you know, finish a set of whatever, go do a set off my vape then go do my next set of whatever I get. It's giving myself a reward. I'm yeah, Pavlovian condition for myself. You oh, like you worked this, out. Here's a treat. You just like go in the steam room and shit and no one knows. Oh, yeah. after afterwards. Just, <laughs> well, not, I don't work at a gym. I work at at home. Gym. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I do a lot of like yoga. And just I thought you like went out to the parking lot and come back in just like, hey, what's up guys? Don't worry about me. <laughs> no, in the garage, you could do it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. going in the steam room. Yeah, it's fucking real smoky it's and steamy in here. Stroke. Smoke. Stroke. When I'm on the road though, then get a hotel with the steam room or something like that i'm always in the things i love yeah. a sauna love that shit 
Okay. Chad, we flip over to you. Last one. Oh, God. Puppies. <laughs> Icicle. Lawnmower. Icicle, of course, to kill someone because there's no evidence. Lawnmower. Yeah, because it melts, right? Yeah. Hey, okay. Okay. Go. Clever, clever. He's getting into um, it. <laughs> puppy I would marry, but they're gonna they're not gonna be a puppy forever. It's just like that's just the age they are at that time. So I would take a young dog, I guess, to marry. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, that, that just made it more creepy. Yeah. It did. What it the did. fuck, dog? Come on. You're, you'd be like, guys, all right, you took a puppy, but now you, now you're. We all understand that you take the puppy. But you putting too much thought into it now. You're, you're getting way too rational. You guys just spent like five minutes going through this shit. Like, nah, I'm good. You guys, you're, you're, it's like you're trying to convert me to some like so, so weird cult or some no, shit. No, none of that. Embrace like. the yeah. darkness. Yeah. Embrace. No. Yeah. So which one? Are, what are you doing with the puppies in a lawnmower? Uh, lawnmower. I'm gonna fucking mow. I love you into someone's lawn or some to, dumbass for, shit for the marriage. Yeah. For, okay. Great. And then you're you can use puppies to get ass. Yeah. Like that's they are a chick magnet. All right, I believe you. You're not a dog guy. I mean, they're straight. All right. All right. Well, that's the game. E, you took it, Lizard Man. <laughs> there you go. There is your prize. You got a half open. That's right. Half gone. Uh, got my fruit snacks. Yeah. Victory. Um, Chad, you got headlines for us this week? Yeah, dude. So uh, we're trying to um, lighten the mood a little bit. We're not going to do it. A lot of times we do po- po- uh, political headlines and shit. We're going to take a break from that this week. Uh, So, um, as I say that, the first one is like about a Brazilian senator and shit. (laughs) Take a break from U.S. politics. We'll talk shit about other countries. Hell yeah. yeah. But uh, a Brazilian senator was caught hiding cash between his butt cheeks, man, when he uh, got his house raided. I just thought this. So, like, they came and raided his house because they thought he's, like, been, like, stealing or money or fucking embezzling money or some shit. And uh, they how went to much his house. money was in exactly. That's my first question. Like, yeah. how much? That's how I want to know. And I want to know how long it was in there for before they were like they were searching him. They like got him back to the jail and just like a couple G's just fell out of his butt cheeks. He's like so close, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> shit. Yeah, and like, did he have it like? Is it be- was it between the butt cheeks? Because yeah. that means it was. Like yeah, a and that's stack, what I'm saying is like that like, they said right? they said specifically they didn't say like in his pants. They were like in between his butt cheeks. They were like because if it was up his ass, they would have set up. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know like how much. Anytime you have the opportunity to say it was located in his. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna yeah. wreck them it up yeah, like, he coughed it out that's that's shit. ratings right there but, yeah, yeah yeah but for butt cheeks that and i want to know how like how much money like how much money do you think you could fit between your butt cheeks Maybe if they're like all hundreds a penny 25 <laughs> cents and your butt cheeks no one's saying you got butt fucked we're talking about butt cheeks man listen here well you know butthole yeah you know yeah. what I'm, I'm i am fortunate i'm black so i got a little bit of booty so I could probably, you know, you get a couple of these white guys. They, I they, they, I'm, I'm over here with no yeah, ass right. talking about yeah. it. Yeah. I think I can get like four or five G's in my butt cheeks. I mean, are, is it folded? Or well, are you doing be, straight? It's going to be folded, you know what I'm saying, and like $100 bills. So you could, I could Listen here, if if my life is on the line, yeah. <laughs> you'll be surprised. Yeah. You know, if it's for recreation, yeah. eh, maybe yeah. a dollar. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you a, might catch me in a tip drill video, though. If my life is on the line, you know, mm-hmm. you know I got credit cards, I got keys, mm-hmm. everything in there. Is it a bar bet or a hostage situation? Yeah, right. Exactly, yeah. you know. If it's a bar bet, yeah, for a dollar, I could probably get a dollar in there. But you know, if my if my children's life is on the line, I got half a mil. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't think anyone could do that. But oh, it'll just be open. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be walking around with the Arsenio Hall butt. Just yeah. <laughs> um, next headline is: uh, Did you see this shit? This video about uh, a disorderly goat took over a uh, cop car. Yes, this shit was hilarious, dude. So, so this girl, this uh, sheriff, she like leaves her door open she's like serving somebody papers for some bullshit or whatever and uh 
she left a door open and a goat climbed in and like ate a bunch of paperwork and shit. And then he headbutted her and like knocked her <laughs> over and shit, dude. And I want to know why isn't this goat in jail? Jail? Why, why isn't he, he dead? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm waiting for the oats. Yeah, that's, sure, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that is true, man. I mean, yeah. you were like, there's just a battle. Like, so yeah. she was there to shoot the dog yeah. and then the goat jumped in the car. Yeah. Is that yeah. <laughs> like, hello. She was like trying to get him out. She's like, hey, get out of the air. You know, <laughs> Roscoe, like, the goat's owner, he's been shot yeah. four times in the back. Meanwhile, yeah. the goat's driving well, off. I was thinking right. awesome. You know what would be awesome is if they trained the goat to do this shit. He's like, yeah, go in there and look for this. Go look it, look, it, look it, for a it. warrant. Look for a warrant. <laughs> eat the warrant. Eat the warrant. <laughs> eat it. Yeah, like that's. I'm sorry, it was in here. As soon as he sees the cops knock on the door, he just opens up the cage yeah. for the goats. Yep. Yeah. Go tear the goats. That's hilarious, man. And then this shit, last headline. Funny as hell. Did you hear about this girl? It was like these two girls were traveling from Dallas to Miami, and one of the girls had a first class ticket. It's a long way to go for Coke. <laughs> yeah, dude, shit. <laughs> Dallas. There's plenty I'm, in Dallas yeah, already. Right, like, plenty yeah. in Dallas. Yeah. Something wrong with the pipeline? Go, Did go I not hear? Church. Right. Um, and so they, uh, uh, she, one of them was in first class. Another girl like wanted to be in first class but didn't have a first class oh, ticket. Oh yeah. So she like hid in the uh, like the underneath compartment, not compartment, but underneath the seat of the person in front of her. It's like dog. Coach is not worse than that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's way worse than coach. Yep. What the fuck is wrong with you? Status is yeah. so important. Yeah. And so they had to like, yeah. they had to ground the flight because she wouldn't get out. Mm -hmm. She's like, yes. yeah, first class. She just wanted to take a selfie. It's like, first class bitches. And you just see like some fucking high heels and a goddamn pair of Air Force Ones like right by her face. That should be hilarious. Well, like, like, and what was their strategy if they got into the air? Yeah. She's just going to be like, surprise, I'm here. Now you got to yeah. deal with me. Yeah. That like, doesn't go dude, over they, very they well. I, move. Like, I, I know a lot of professional flight I attendants. I mean, do these, do these chicks not He's know professional flight attendant yeah like chuck norris is in the air he will kick you in the face i mean steven seagal is out yeah. there issuing warrants yeah. he can be on the, like that's the last thing you want is to yeah. oh, a, a u.s marshal yeah to that's knee, you, to though, knee you in the face because you wanted to sit under a chair in first class that's so american yeah. to do too and the thing is too late it does i'm saying about flight attendants yeah i said that was needlessly redundant wasn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said professional flight attendants like there's but, amateur flight right, attendants yeah, out there it's just like we just do it for the love of the fucking i'm, I'm sure there's some charter airline out there <laughs> using just, like hey baby you yeah. want to make 50 dollars in tips yeah. jump on this plane yeah. with yeah. it's, it's like, pro bono i'm doing pro bono flight attendant work we're just working for the like you know yeah a marshal like I think if you're lucky, because the marshal has guidelines and that, the flight attendant knows that anything they do is going to be backed 100. percent Like yeah. the, the the marshal, you'd be like that law enforcement officer brutalized me and abused my rights. The flight mm. attendant kicks your ass. Everybody's going to be like, you got what's coming to you. Yeah, Sit yeah. the fuck down. <laughs> you got what by a flight attendant. <laughs> yeah. and, and but the flight attendants too are like I said, I know a bunch just from flying a lot. You, you see the same one and going. Uh, a couple of my buddies, you know, used to work in the industry, so I met some of them. They're not gonna fuck around. Like they take that very seriously. If it if it ever gets to that point, especially after you know nine eleven for their industry, they all collectively kind of went like, "Yeah, fuck that. We're yeah. <laughs> that's that's the nuclear and if, option." If you're on Southwestern, they're gonna make fun of you while they do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, <laughs> they're gonna be well, roasting you while two, they. Whoop two of them will be putting the boots to you. The other one will be on the intercom going, "If you look in the aisle right now, you might <laughs> notice a man getting his ass kicked." <laughs> Look at those heels dig into the ribs. And and that is the choke that we teach. That's the Southwest choke right there. Put them down. Put them down. Shout out to flight attendant training school instructor, former Marine Sergeant Billy Buckworth for showing me that move. Wow. That makes me like the whole story makes me think of Passenger 51. Right. Like I, yeah. I, I immediately go to Wesley Snipes. Like <laughs> yeah. the movie was the bomb. Hey, uh, holla back. Y'all need to go check out Passenger um, 51. Wesley yeah, Snipes right? was the shit back in the day. All right, um, so that's the headlines, man. Boom. Chad Dang. with the headlines. Uh, speaking of headlines, E, Yo. you have a book 
that uh, you wrote a few years ago and is now uh, being uh, offered on Amazon Kindle, right? That's right. You know, because I'm a very, very fast worker, I, uh, I put together a book of a bunch of articles that I wrote for, uh, it's the BM easing is the body modification easing an old website, which is actually still up and running today. Just in the mid to the late nineties, that was the only internet source for body modification stuff. It was where you went for tattooing, piercing, everything, uh, way before most social media that we know today, we had the IM network on there where people would have personal pages, share information. It became, you know, the online center for what was going on in the body modification world. And it was through that that I ended up writing articles for them. Uh, probably stopped, I think, in 2006 or seven. By 2009, like I say, I worked fast. I had collected them together into a book and put it out as a print-on-demand paperback. Now, 10 years later, I've actually gotten around to the point of uploading the file to Amazon so you yeah. can actually get it as an ebook. Because like I say, you know, I'm just just a hard, fast-working hustler like Did that. Did you narrate it as well? Oh, it's not an audio, oh, not, audio not, book, not yeah. an audio book. Yeah. yeah, we don't have the audio book yet. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm so sick of reading my own book at this yeah, point. Yeah, I don't know I if I could read it out loud, yeah. right? Now, um, uh, you know, baby steps. 10 years to get the, uh, the, the Kindle edition up there. Um, but it's out there. It's called Once More Through the Modified Looking Glass. Like I say it's a series of articles. There's a lot of body modification focus in there, but it does cover a range of topics just, you know, with that as a bent. So I talk about uh, freedom and responsibility for instance, mostly as it pertains to say your rights to modify your body, which is a corollary argument that could be made for a lot of other things, you know, whether it be you know, abortion or anything like that. Um, there's a couple of different things in there about legislature where they tried to ban tongue splitting in the early 2000s. And I ended up debating state senators around the country on radio, trying to point out just how pointless this legislation was and how misguided um, how, how much taxpayer dollars were spent for senators to like really stop this? It, it, exactly. That's it's always a grandstanding. Te- everywhere it happened, it was a grandstanding technique because the politician involved thought it was a slam dunk. They would literally, in the case of the Illinois Senate, a uh, former dentist and now career politician stood up with a picture of me, literally my headshot. He printed off the internet to show a forked tongue, and was like, "We can't let kids be doing this." Now, in that photo, I'm, I'm but like spilling millions of gallons of oil into the ocean is right. totally fine. He, he, <laughs> right. he wants like, some, hey, hey, f- fuck the swans. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We don't want uh, some guy that we never are going to meet doing shit that we don't want. Well, I mean, it's it's the political game, right? You've got to sponsor bills. You got to get laws passed. Yeah, yeah. Listed in your criteria, so you want a few slam dunks. Yeah. And especially at that time, you know, I'm out on Ripley's. I'm doing. I'm touring. I'm doing bands and festivals. I'm just, I'm out there. This is a very much an ascendancy point for me. I'm, I'm kind of crossing over into one level, the next level and working my way up to the one beyond that, you know, sort of in regards to my career. So yeah, he's getting free press, you know, mm. and that's what he's looking for. And he's, I mean, on the face of them, most of them were just straight up unconstitutional. Mm. They were just bad. It's like, well, why should it be illegal? Um, we don't have a reason, but we just think it should be. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not good enough. Right. Yeah. I, it, it was so far, like I'm, I tend to be pretty far liberal, somewhat radicalist in a lot of ideas. I couldn't tell by uh, looking at you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but if you were like Republican or something right. like that, it'd probably be like, uh. well, this, this was a point where it actually, where they actually come together and meet bipartisanly. I was going on conservative talk radio because they saw this case as government overreach. Mm-hmm. They saw a lot of libertarian ideals, idealists and radio hosts wanted to have me on because they're like, yeah, this is the perfect example of what government doesn't need to be wasting time on. Yeah. And I mean, in that regard, I agree with them. In a lot of other regards, I think they're petulant children who need to grow up and face the real world. But, hey, you know, you're yeah. entitled to your beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> 
I agree. <laughs> what other type of articles did you cover in, in the book? Um, there's interviews. I did a lot of interviews, uh, some with people who were body modification related, some that were sideshow related. Uh, there's an interview in there with a guy named Matt Gaughan, who at the time wasn't even working shows or anything. He's a tattooed man. Uh, some people know him as the checkerboard man. He's covered in black and white checkerboard. He's got some other designs interspersed. He now works a lot of tattoo conventions, a lot of the circuit that I used to work performing shows. He goes there as just a personality people. It's like a, mostly a photo op and just to talk to him, get to know him. Cause he's an interesting guy who's done an interesting thing. Do those pay well? Uh, they, they can like the, the rate has been flat. It's one of those things that, you know, back when I first started doing it 20, 22 years ago, um, it was great money. And especially when I was younger too, right? It's one of those things where, and I've had this conversation with a lot of other performers, especially, you know, stand up and sideshow people where you're like the gig you would kill for in your twenties is one you wouldn't even consider in your forties. Right. You know, it's just not there anymore. It's yeah. just not worth it. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's that aspect, but the rate has stayed flat. I mean, I basically set a rate in the late nineties of $1,500. My argument being it was $500 a day. And if I was going to do a show where I legitimately risk my life and my health, I wanted at least 500 bucks. <laughs> You're like, it, yeah, yeah it, that's what it's worth. It's not yeah, anything uh, less yeah. or anything, anything yeah, more. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a 24 year old wannabe professional freak. I do a lot of stupid shit, <laughs> yeah, but you're going to pay me at least 500 yeah. bucks for this stupid yeah. shit. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, that was sort of the, the formula I did. And in my head at that time, I was thinking if I can get one tattoo convention a month, Right. Then I've got, you know, $18,000, which was if I was making $18,000 in a year back then, I was like, holy shit, I'm yeah. making it. You know, that was big. You know, big like, I might, I might get a mattress and a dresser. Right? I, I, I might, I might live in a legal apartment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with more, my name on the list. More right, yeah, for me. Yeah, it's like, like, it's funny when I tell people like, like, yeah, you know, I've actually never had a lease and like, you've never rented an apartment. I'm like, Oh no, I've rented apartments. I've never had a lease. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause that would have been documentation of a crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you've, you've done all that. Uh, one of the things that interests me, and I'm sure you touch on this in the book a little bit. One of the things that interests me the most about you uh, is that like you're an international man of misery. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, like you, you're all well, over I'm, the world. I'm, I'm, I go everywhere and I'm miserable about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm a miserable bastard who travels the world. <laughs> so your perspective, uh, not only of our country, but of like of, of all countries is a little bit different than most of us. Like your, your perspective on other countries uh, like Europe, uh, Australia, parts of Asia is different than somebody who never left America. And, and conversely, your perspective on America is different than most Americans who have never left America. Right. That, I, I mean, to me, that kind of sums up a lot of our modern problems. The fact that in today's world where it is so, so easy to travel or make a connection outside of your own geographic area, you talk about people being online. Well, even when people are online, you look at their Facebook connections, most people's Facebook friends, even when they go to one, live within a drive, right? Right. Which means you're not actually expanding the world. Yeah. The, what, the, the reason that travel works and the reason that people you know, are affected by it and getting that different perspective is that's what you need. You need to actually experience it, right? You need to go somewhere where if you're the majority, you're not the majority, right? And generally, if you leave your own country, you instantly become a minority. You get a little bit of a yeah. feel for what that's like. Yeah. It's the same reason everyone should have to work a service industry job. You got to know what that's like to appreciate the person doing it as a human being. Right. So you don't become one of these assholes. Well, I don't tip or they should get a better, you know, whatever your, your yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Like, oh, you've obviously never been there. 
mm-hmm. right? Well, that's what traveling does. When they say traveling broadens you, yeah, it puts you out there. It lets you look back. You, you get to see how other people see your country. You get to see how other people look. It will also, it will, it's weird. There's a weird thing because it, it ruins your faith in humanity at the same time it builds it up. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because in, in big picture issues, it just gets more and more depressing, right? You go outside of America and then you feel like, oh man, I got some problems with my country right now. And you go to another country, you're like, yeah, we got some problems with it too. Once you haven't even started to address you, you're like, yeah. you know, you get the criticism coming in. You're like, what? But I've also, you know, I've been to, I think you need to go to places that are, you know, it's too easy to vacation and get into a bubble. Like I know people that for years went vacationed in Mexico and they got nothing out of that other yeah. than vacation photos. Right, right, right. right. Now you need to go somewhere and spend some time and actually make a connection on the ground so you get these different perspectives and these different feelings. And that's where it will build up your faith in humanity because I've been places where like me looking in where I'm, before I'm going there, I'm like, man, that's bad shit. I'm like, should I even be going? You know, I've done, you know, Eastern European TV shows and things like that where literally I've driving from the airport, seen tire fires. Like we've driven by tire fires in the city, like on corners and, and shit, you know, and like, okay, this is rough. You know, every place has full arm security, you know, it looks like a militant state and you, you start going, well, wow, it's not bad. And you, but you deal with the people and life is going on. A functioning society is there. You know, so I was, oh, what if the government collapses? What if the government solves? What if the government shuts down? Well, get up, go to work, keep the fucking system running, be nice to your fucking neighbor and it'll, it will be all right. You know, this yeah. is, this is where I say where that faith humanity comes back. I'm like, I've seen places that have had it far, far worse than America probably ever will at this point. And you know what? They pull through. And even within America, you see when, you know, this typically is after a natural disaster, right? You go, yeah, during a disaster, what is it? There's, they like to say there's no atheists in foxholes. The thing is there's no political parties in floods. Right. Or in house fires. Like, right. If you're, if you're asking, who'd you vote for? Wait, let him go out the window for that doesn't happen. You know why? Because even the worst of humanity isn't that scummy. And that's where I say there's still, that's, that's that kernel of faith that you get to see. And when you see that all around, you can come back and be like, all right, it's bad, but the worst case scenario is out of your head. So you let that stress go. Yeah. I think when I, when I travel, like what I think about is kind of the same thing, but like bigger picture, I think that like all governments are, are fucked and they're all evil. And then what restores my faith, like you said, is like uh, the, the people you realize, like that's the commonality we all have is that we're all, we're all kind of like living the same life, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I think like 80 or 90% of people on the earth, like live on less than $10 a day. We're kind of all just like eking by due to a system that, you know, exploits us and shit. And so uh, you see that all over the place. That's what I noticed when I traveled like to Europe was that like, there was people just like us over there mm-hmm. being subjected to the same bullshit from their government. While, you know, the upper class takes and takes and continues to take and is right. continuously more and more greedy. And then the, less and less, you know, for, for common people, you know, we argue a lot, we see the argument a lot of, you know, it's, you know, we want capitalism or socialism, but no socialism or communism or this, like, like the systems at this point, I've taken almost a, a computer programmer approach. I keep bumping that mic. Sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I take like a computer programming approach to it. Everybody knows, or I think m- most people know the acronym GIGO, right? Or GIGO. I don't mm-hmm. know how you would say it out loud, but garbage in, garbage out. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your code, yeah, can, your, your so code, your, and polling is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Right? Like the system can be absolutely good. Or the, the system's good enough. Yeah. But if you feed garbage into it, it puts yeah. garbage out. Yeah. Now apply that to a political system. Yeah. The system may or may not have inherent flaws in it, but the problem is what are we putting into the system? People. The people mm. we're putting in are garbage. 
people are, you know, Slipknot well, said people equal shit. I'm saying right now for this, well, I think, people equal garbage. You put garbage into a political system, you get garbage out of it. Yeah, right, right. I, sure. I agree that like the people that are running for office and like people that like, in, that want like uh, control and power are inherently like flawed and fucked up and, you know, uh, less caring and everything like that. Right. If you want the job, you shouldn't be able to have it. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, it's a good point. Yeah. Exactly. And so, uh, only like narcissists are gravitating towards uh, politics and everything right. like that. But also when you incentivize, when you, when you have a system that incentivizes, you know, corrupt behavior, that's right. what's going to happen. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't be like, Oh, uh, you know, you can make a shit ton of money if you allow this, uh, uh, you know, this oil company to drill in the Arctic, you know, fucking or you just set the fine so low where the company goes oh if we if we break yeah, this law we make a billion dollars yeah, and they find us yeah, a quarter billion yeah you do it we got like to get three quarter billion like tipping yeah. your waiter you know yeah. what i'm saying it's just like yeah it's just like the same with these drug companies that you know the fda approves these drugs and everything like that and then they go out and they end up killing a bunch of people and shit or they they like uh crawl uh cause like a uh an epic like a, a crime epidemic or like just a mental health epidemic and um abuse epidemics and stuff like that and then they find out like later that they're complicit in this or that they you know purposely made these things addictive or they're just giving them out to people like candy uh well with, they don't see it as a they didn't see it as a a drawback yeah right? and the, so the, the addiction the oh, addictive got, property was known from the beginning but yeah. people were like well that's that's the trade-off yeah and they'll so, be addicted to it but it will deal with their their pain yeah right and so everybody was but that's not how they pitch it to, to didn't pitch it to patients, right? <laughs> no, of that, course not. That was the, that was the behind closed doors. They were like, look, we're going to trade off addiction yeah. for pain management. Yeah, yeah. And, but we're going to tell the people, hey, just take it. It'll take yeah. care of your pain. And right, you, right, you hear right. people say later, they're like, oh, well, they paid like a, you know, a billion dollar fine or whatever. It's like they made 20 billion. You know what I'm saying? Who like, cares, right? who gives a fuck, yeah. you know? And then it's, they named it another drug and then repurposed it. And now it's something else, you know, and they're still making money. The, off of it. Uh, I think it was Ron White has the joke about speeding in either uh, South Dakota or some of that, or yeah. Montana, where he was like, they, the guy pulls you over. And at the time, then you paid the guy directly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he was all like, what's the fine? And it was something ridiculous. And he's like, just to be a big shot, I gave him a hundred bucks. It was like, keep it. I'm going to be speeding through your state all day. <laughs> you know? that's, that's, yeah. But that's the point, right? Yeah, yeah. A, a fine has to be, there have to be tangible consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in so often, especially in white collar crime, we see there is no tangible consequence. Yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like, uh, in your travels that this is something that is widespread across the globe? Or do you feel like that's something that's more localized here in America? I, I think that no matter where you go in the world, you have no shortage of bad people trying to get into positions of power. How mm-hmm. successful they are at it varies from time to time, right? I mean, again, we'll, we can look at uh, Eastern European countries, Russia's like, you know, some of the various oligarchies in the world. Uh, South America has had some not so great runs, right? Right. You know, we, it, you, your problem always seems like the worst problem in the world, too. I mean, and I remember uh, was it a few years ago somebody was talking about whatever government scandal was in the big news of the day, and they were like, "This is the worst scandal in history." And somebody went, "It's not even teapot dome level," and everybody's yeah. forgotten about that shit. Yeah, so yeah. Like, that's, that's that's what it proves to you, too. Like. If it's not even significant enough that it'll be in history books in 80 years, it's really just you yeah. know, get your perspective back. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Have you have you gone to South America? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, actually, my South America story is my 9-11 story. So the morning of 9-11, I board a plane and fly down to Argentina, to Buenos Aires, Argentina. So when I get to Argentina, the 9-11 now, it's not over, but they're going through the remains. Zero idea. 
And mm -hmm. um, also it was on, I forget which airline it was, but it was the same airline that the two flights were from. And I was coming from the Northeast United? at the time. Yeah, it's, it'd probably be in United. Uh, or it would have been Continental then, maybe. Okay, yeah. But um, but anyway, yeah, so I get off the plane, right? And I don't speak any Portuguese or you know, my Spanish is like, get me a drink, get me to the bathroom. Yeah. You know, so that this driver from the, the company is like trying to talk to me and my buddy, Scott, who used to travel and do shows with me. You know, we, and we're happy. We're like, this is going to be an in and out. We're literally flying in. We get there. We're supposed to get there, sleep that night, film the next day, fly back home the next night. Like it's a 24 hour run, great payday. And I get to you know say like, Hey, I've been to Buenos Aires. We get off this driver's like, do you need in bad English? You need anything? And we're like, no, no, good, good. Let's go. Let's go. And we get in the car and we take off driving. He goes, I take you to the studio. I'm like, no, we're supposed to go to the hotel so we can get some sleep yeah. and then and wake up and shoot tomorrow. He's like, no, no, studio, studio. Finally, we get to the studio and, you know, eventually they, you know, explain to us like what's happened. Like, do you need to call anybody? I'm like, yeah, I guess we do need to try and call people. Mm -hmm. So it's the middle, you know, it's middle of the night, 9-11, you know, and everybody's freaking out. So I'm calling back to, you know, my, well, my girlfriend, then my wife now, uh, my family, everybody be like, wasn't our plane. We're cool. We're fine. Let everybody know. Yeah. Um, no idea when we're coming home. Right. Cause mm -hmm. everything's been shut down. Right. Yeah. I was actually, uh, the studio people down there were fantastic. They're like, we got your hotel. We got everything. We're not shooting. Obviously this is the only news story. You know, we'll see what's going on. So the next day it was just chill out at the hotel. They made sure that we had, they give us money, like just, you know, do what you can, try to enjoy yourselves. We're going to make the best of this. Yeah. Uh, they're like the next day, they're like, Hey, if you still want to come in and film the segment, we'd, we'd love to do it. We're just going to do it in an empty studio. You know, just do it as if there's crowd. Like, okay, fine. So we go in, we do that. They love it. Everybody's happy and all that. And then I think it was a day or two after that where we just, they were just like, yeah, hang out. They made sure we were all taken care of. Then like, we got you on the first flight being allowed back into the U S from South America. Um, got in, uh, landed in Chicago and I've got a picture of me at the back of the line to get into the line that's in the building, you know, just to stretch oh, sure, it all yeah. the way out like that. I think we <clears throat> stood in line for like three, three and a half hours. Really? Yeah. Got up to the front of the line and the woman there just literally looks at it, looks at me and, and my buddy Scott, he goes, where are you trying, where are you trying to go? And I go, Austin, Orange County, New York. And she looks down, you know, she does the, the type, type, type thing like that. She looks up at me and she, go, she goes, uh, are you checking a bag? And I said, no, I've got everything in metal. She's she a little handsy. She goes, gate 34, whatever it was. She goes, run. Yeah. <laughs> I look at it and it's like boarding. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. fuck yeah. I'm, yeah, you know, yeah. All of a sudden I'm OJ Simpson. I'm like, you know, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm a hundred. In the Hearst commercial? Uh, yeah, I'm 140 pounds. <laughs> Stiff armor people. Fucking, sure. uh, you know, linebacker. Mm. Just jumping over luggage bags. And like, yeah. like it's, he's, he's, it's Scott's behind, like he's been waiting for her to say something to him. Like over my shoulder, I'm like, good luck, dude. <laughs> Completely abandon him. Dude. I'm like, fuck it. People I am are probably freaking gone. out. It's like, what the hell's going on like, after 9-11? Right. Now well, there's like a lizard man like going around stiff arming people and shit. It was happening like that all over the airport though you, you were seeing that like i knew exactly what it meant because yeah. i was seeing other people around me while we're waiting in line they're like hurry go that way go that way yeah. like yelling and like waving down security guards to get weaved through because they were doing their best and they did a great job yeah. they got him on a flight they was back to albany and then or somewhere and then some little airport closer to his uh yeah. his home in orange county and he somebody drove out to get him like that and we you know i got on the phone afterwards like, but in that moment she gave it to me and i was like yep good luck dude yeah, peace <laughs> i out. just see uh <laughs> Uh, the mom from home alone running through the airport. Yeah. Right. Like that's you just jetting yeah. it. So like you were like, I've done a lot of Brazilian TV too, but I haven't gotten to go to Brazil yet. It's they keep coming here. Oh, uh, if you go to Brazil, 
you got to holler at your boy. I'm, I may not come back, I mean, but I, you know, just, <laughs> right. Let me, let me roll. I just want to roll to Brazil. I just right. want to. That's, that's the thing is that I'm like, I've heard amazing stories, but uh, yeah, it's apparently I do pretty well there on TV. Like there was, there was a, a period of like two, two and a half years where I'm want to say I probably did like six to eight shows, things like that. Like oh, they wow. would have like traveling. Were you, you know, talking travelers. though? Like do. Yeah. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll usually just overdub me. I think oh, okay. I, I think they use a translator <laughs> on one weird. or two, but yeah. So people think your voice is like, that's my Portuguese. That was pretty good. Yeah. He's like, I'd buy that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like when you Meanwhile, were, every Portuguese speaking listener right now is like, that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bring your ass down here. Yeah. Leave Don't your ass in the favela, goddamn it. <laughs> so when you were over there though, like, like, cause I know, um, internationally their view of nine 11 is far different. Uh, or at least I understand it to be different than our view of what happened nine eleven. Uh, is well, that I mean, true? depending on where you are, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's you know because like the news coverage in right. like Germany and in England was way different than the news coverage that we had. Right, and it, well, everybody was, especially when it first happened, everybody was like, "Oh shit, what's America gonna do?" You know, it's like blow this, some shit well, up. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a scene in the movie mm. right where the nerd bumps into the tray and spills it on the bully, and everybody yeah. just goes. Oh fuck! Are we yeah. about to witness a murder? Yeah, like, they, dude, these, these guys bomb countries that you've never even heard of that they don't even tell people about. What do you think they're going to do to a country that they actually, you know, suspect right. of doing well, something wrong? Is it we we do stuff, and this is this is the perspective I think you tend to get a little bit more outside of the country is like, well, you can only do dirty shit for so long before somebody fights yeah, back. That yeah. was the perspective, right? They're like, yeah. they're like, hey, you know, you you don't have the cleanest track record. Is yeah, what you heard. I love it when they get more. like shocked and stuff like that. They're right. like. Like we've been bombing countries for so long and they're like, I mean, we didn't know they were going to fight back. God, right. you know, well, and it's, and, 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 you know, it's the, the, Ow. the long arc of time, right? Yeah. As we all come to find out, it's like, Hey, remember in the eighties when we were all yelling and screaming about this bullshit of selling weapons to the Taliban yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and Reagan was like, fuck you. It, it, yeah. it hurts the yeah. commies. The yeah. enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, we're like, yeah. that's a very short perspective, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. I understand that you can't remember your lunch, Ronnie, yeah. but fucking <laughs> and, that, and that doesn't like, and that's funny that that never comes up like now, you know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, oh remember when we gave them a bunch of weapons and it, shit? It, it, it did. But the thing was at that point, we still had a black eye, right? When, yeah. The problem was, is the news came out when when we were still that's like you know in, in a bar fight when you accidentally catch a punch you know now i'm gonna fucking kill somebody and yeah. somebody goes whoa you whoa dude that was people. and somebody goes whoa whoa dude that was an accident and you're yeah. like i don't care i yeah. still feel that punch yeah, I'm, I'm gonna punch somebody else right yeah. now yeah 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 what? so yeah uh, uh, america Just, in general was like uh-oh we're gonna go step on somebody hard right yeah. now i don't care how much we had it coming i don't care yeah. what the backstory is somebody's about to get kicked in the dick even if they weren't responsible for it we're still gonna Pub yeah yeah megaphone hot air balloon yeah we're gone. It, iraq well, why are we going to iraq that was basically the sales pitch on iraq yeah. was hey you know this taliban thing is really difficult and they're in caves and it's a mountainous region and, and incidentally my father was a mountain warfare instructor mm -hmm. so a lot of dudes that he trains names that were scrolled by on the news those those were people i met casually sometimes oh, yeah. people that he knew well oh wow. you know if you were in the 110 mountain division which did a lot of our afghanistan stuff you you went through my dad yeah. uh, before he retired anyway they got like good wi-fi out there apparently yeah. huh well it's <laughs> yeah he coordinated the biggest yeah. terrorist attack in modern history from fucking from the cave in yeah. Iron Man? Yeah, but like, yeah from the Iron Man cave. Yeah. That's, that's 2001. One of those things where you're like, oh, wait, that's, that's you know, we watch a movie and you're like, that's absolutely ridiculous. And then, you know, as the technology actually trickles down to the public sector, we go like, 
oh wait no that's way too good like yeah. um it's declassified and where one of the things that my my dad's uh unit did in the early 80s was early gps stuff oh wow now it was about the size of a laptop but i mean i remember as a as a kid he was he talking about like you go out and put it and you stand on it and it tells you how far your feet are apart. Like oh, wow. we, we were measuring, we were measuring within <clears throat> yeah. you know, quarters of an inch yeah, in, yeah. The, in the eighties oh, wow. and, and our, our shit isn't that good. You know, and now, you know, ways still can't tell what lane I'm in yeah, on the yeah, highway, yeah, yeah. but I'm like, I know this technology exists yeah. at a much higher level. No, no, that's funny. <laughs> that's an interesting, that's an interesting topic. Cause I've thought about that a lot too, that the, that there's so much technology that we're obviously not privy to. And that, you know, if you just study like alien technology and stuff like right. that, and what we do know about alien technology, you, you realize that they've had, they have like far greater technology than what they're giving us, you know? So. Oh no, they use it for about 20 years. Yeah. And then, yeah. And well, then that's the when they, right? when they, yeah. uh, progress to the next thing when then they, they pass it down to they, the, they know how to control it and, and to, there's a, there's a, yeah, there's a safe release, uh, mm -hmm. system cause you don't want to compromise it. Like, like it, we all know how much earpieces and things like that, you know, suck, but mm. you know that the comms for SEAL Team 6 and our advanced operators oh, are, yeah. are much, much better. Yeah. You know, they're not dropping connection in Madagascar. Yeah. I mean, they just rescued an American hostage mm -hmm. a few nights ago. Um, what, Malawi or something like that? It's, yeah, East Africa yeah, somewhere. Yeah, it was Malawi. Uh, but yeah, you know, they went in like, I guarantee, you know, they're not they're not cutting out, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not having a conversation on my cell phone that's anywhere near as crystal nah, clear yeah. as these guys getting yeah. kill orders from halfway yeah, around yeah, the world. So, so the, the system is, it's not even in something like that. Like what's the harm in letting people have better communications? Well, I'm assuming there's a secure, you don't want to accidentally provide a way to yeah. back engineer are you know top operatives yeah. there are legitimate reasons sometimes because we're, we're using it to kill yeah. people <laughs> well that's the thing. Like, yeah even even if there may the justification for the operation it's being used on yeah. may be very shaky yeah, yeah. but the justification for keeping that technology behind closed doors yeah. at this point is good because i mean i don't want soldiers to die because politicians have given them bad orders Right. You know, that's I, yeah. I don't want anyone to die. Exactly. Yeah. No. I'm like, I don't even wish death on Dick Cheney. And I think mm. he's worse than a comic book. I don't know villain. about that. You know? <laughs> oh, no, no, exactly. <laughs> Let's not go too far. Well, uh, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not asking for him to drop dead. I'm just yeah. asking for the opportunity to piss on his grave before I die. Yeah. yeah. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, you do sideshow shit. Yeah. You yep. Dabbled in comedy, radio, yep. journalism. Uh, like, is there anything that you haven't done yet that is on your bucket list? You know, um, not really. There's nothing that jumps to mind. I'm sure I'm going to see something at some point. I'm not, you know, I do have that sort of tendency of like, ooh, shiny thing. I want to try that now. I want to do that now. But that's the other thing is that, you know, I'm 48 years old. I've been performing, entertaining professionally for more than half my life. And, you know, the way that that started was basically me, me deciding that if I wanted to do something, I should just fucking go do it. Yeah. So I started it, it, you knock, it's the whole train of dominoes, right? You knock, knocking over that first domino can be the hardest thing you ever do in your life. Yeah, yeah. But once you knock it down, the rest of them start to fall. Yeah. Right. I, I don't think I ever would have gotten on a, a stand up stage if I hadn't done sideshow. Yeah. Right? Right. And sideshow was the first big one for me to go from. I had to make the choice of being like, oh, I can be that guy that does weird shit at your friend's party or whatever. Every now and then, you know, blows a fireball or, you know, yeah. stick something in his nose. Whatever. Or I can actually work on writing a show, developing, selling it and touring it. I can give, I can give it a shot. I can make, you know, I can take a chance. And I mean, basically, I, you know, I had to get to the point where I was in grad school and a ton of debt. 
Uh, my dad had gotten his first cancer diagnosis and I hated what it looked like it was going to be my career if I stayed in academics. Yeah. So it was like, Hey, you know, I got to my, my quote unquote, nothing to lose point. And it was yeah. like, fuck it. I, I believe I got a shot at this. I got to take it. Um, Fantastic. Sweet. Uh, where can everybody find you on social media and everything? Uh, generally you look at the lizardman.com is the, the website. And from there there's links to pretty much anything. Yeah. If you see me on somewhere, I always use the lizard man 23. So the lizard man two, three, that's me on Instagram, uh, on Facebook. I think that's someone when you do a username, but you can just find me by looking yeah, for yeah. lizard. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not hard to find. I've had a website longer than Red Lobster, so I, I got an inter- I got an internet history. Man. <laughs> I was going to say there's probably not like another one out there, right? There's not another lizard. No, there's, so. there's nobody doing the the whole thing. You know, other people with split tongues, sure. Other people I mean, I've seen tattooed. some other cats lately yeah. coming out looking all green and stuff, trying to be like you know the uh, the T two of the lizard man. <laughs> Do you wanna you wanna stare down the barrel of the can uh, of the camera and tell them where they can where they can shove it? <laughs> was there like, was there like a Komodo dragon man or something? Right. Well, fortunately, nobody. He's taken it quite that far, but I will just say this. I've been doing this for 24 years. I'm going to be doing it a lot longer. Don't step on my fucking gimmick because I will find your ass. It's a small world. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. We appreciate uh, you doing the show with us. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Super interesting. Yeah. You got to give me a reason to get out of the house. Yeah, all right. This shit, man. We'll, we'll sure. give you some more reasons to get out. I love having uh, you around, brother. This is the remember. This is the Gray Area Podcast on hot, brought to you by Hot Pie Media. Uh, shout out to Hot Pie Media. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Bake Fresh Daily. Uh, they've got so many different uh, podcasts that are amazing, funny, hilarious, interesting. All these other Check shits. out the website, hotpiemedia.com. And uh, stay tuned for more coming from us and from the pie, man. And check us out on social media as well. Uh, uh, we're doing, uh, what is it, podcasts? At, podcast the Gray Area on, on Instagram. Instagram. Uh, look us up on Facebook, Gray yeah. Area Podcast. Uh, Chad, what's your social? Uh, Chad Fisher Comedy. And I am at the Aaron Cheatham. You can uh, check us out, follow us to see bookings. You can see us around uh, while we're touring and getting out and whatnot. Uh, and until next time, you guys be see kind to later. each other. Here's mud in your eye from the Gray Area Podcast. We'll holler at you. Peace. Later. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.